another episode of iZombie Radio. Um, I was going to make some film noir stuff, because that's what this whole episode was about, but, you know, eh, couldn't think of anything. So, as per usual, the trio, us, the trio, are here to talk about two more episodes of this wonderful final season. Well, wonderful's putting it lightly. Um, I'm, of course, Sean Carpenter, and I'm joined by Blaze Hopkins. Say hello. How's it going, everybody? I am uh, feeling a bit tired this week, but ready to talk about some some good old L.A. Confidential-esque crime. Oh, yes. Sorry. My bad. I said two episodes. I meant one. We're not in the future. <laughs> oh, boy. It's been a long day for me, so my brain's a little jumbled. So this should be fun. Um, and, of course, Chris King is here. Couldn't do the show without the both of ya. Thank, thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're uh, ready to, you know dive into this episode had some some double indemnity vibes some uh a lot of good you know a lot of good film noir kind of i don't know i i just like that was one of my favorite things we studied during film class so it was it was fun to get those references in here yeah so going off of that we're just going to jump right into the brain of the episode because um we're going to start light and work our way towards the crazy. Uh, uh, so we had film, we basically had noir detective brain live and it made for some very, very silly scenarios. She was basically a proto emo kid in a sense with the whole dark and brooding thing, but without the emo kid stuff, you know, (laughs) Though Emo Kid Brain Live would have been fun, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, well. The show's basically over now, so. (laughs) Uh, What did you guys think of the brain? I was definitely... on your list? I I don't know where it ranks necessarily, but I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I think what's interesting is that is how, at this point in the show, I like that they've just kind of, like, thrown out generally the concept of the brain like logically making sense um just because like i think it's funny like no modern detective or you know police officer or whatever is probably going around acting like a noir film but that was i kind of like that they're just uh it almost seems like they're just bringing out the things they might have like had in the bank for a while um and I agree with you, I think it was very goofy, but I enjoyed it. I liked that the episode, you know, had the tone to it with, like, physically, um, not completely black and white, but little effects like that, and then, you know, you had your good noir jokes in there, and, uh, and yeah, it was something different, which, uh, at this state in the game, I can appreciate And Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, the, the I guess, like, uniqueness of this brain, it's not, I don't really think I can compare it to anything that the show's done. Um, I, I mean, I, I liked it. I, I thought, my, my complaint is the same complaint I've always had, which is when I think sometimes the brain takes over a little too much, um, and we kind of lose the live of this episode, and I think that happened, um, in this past week a little bit. Um, but I did really like, uh, I mainly like character rea- characters reactions to her, whether it was just like Ravi and Clive basically looking at her, like who the hell is she talking to as she's looking off, like into the distance or the one that really got me was Don, uh, was Donnie's reaction to her coming into the bar and drinking. He just goes, it's eight in the morning. Like after she leaves, <laughs> um, that kind of stuff was fun. Uh, I don't think it's one of my favorites of the season, I mean, I, I liked, as Blaze was touching upon, like, the, um, how, like, they made, like, you know, with the lighting and the cinematography and the color, uh, coloring, like, they made it look more noir-esque. 
Um, that bit was fun. And the fact that it was actually pouring rain in Seattle, since we, I feel like we barely actually get a lot of rain in Seattle in the show, despite it being famous for that, um, was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, it, it was it was fine. I, I don't think it ranks up there for me with like um, like salsa dancer, uh, dancing brain, or even um, I think I even like enjoyed something like the week before where we had the uh, the beauty pageant brain. But um, but yeah, you know, it, it it was it was fine. It was I I I applauded that they went like kind of all like all for it, you know, like they, they, they dove it, they dove in completely and then didn't try to half-ass it at all. And, uh, yeah, it was, it had its moments of fun for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the same. It's kind of a little more higher on my list. Not, it's not in my top five and I think it barely even scrapes my top 10 just because of how much I was kind of giggling at all the ridiculous tro- noir trope stuff. Um, the live just like talking to the audience sort of thing. Uh, especially now putting into context with the new Dora movie trailer that came out not too long ago. Where, you know, in the show, she talks to the audience. Well, in the movie, she stares dead into the screen and does her thing, and the parents are like, uh, yeah, she'll grow out of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, they address it. Um, yeah. Enough about Dora, though. Uh, this is not a Dora podcast, nor will it ever be a Dora podcast. Um. It could be. Uh, I'm gonna veto that idea. Uh, uh, but... I definitely had fun with it, and certain aspects and certain scenes with it kind of made it a little higher on my list than it normally would have been if it didn't have that sort of thing, like the confrontation with Blaine or well, mostly just the confrontation with Blaine (laughs) because finally he gets his comeuppance just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd agree with you there. If we want to dive into that, I did like that we did that we did get that kind of face off from uh, Liv and Blaine because it was definitely like I don't know. I wasn't expecting it this soon, and I also wasn't necessarily expecting it to be Liv versus him. Um, but I thought their fight in the bar was great, especially with them both going uh, full on zombie mode. Um, thought it was a lot of fun and i uh and i don't know i i liked that i I did like that blaine felt more uh more more integral into this episode than he kind of has in recent weeks so yeah it was like just seeing him back in like the bar and everything and um or i guess the brothel but you know seeing him back in there and everything and uh and yeah, just interacting with everybody again. He's finally kind of uh, sliding back in in ways. So I agree. I like that that it brought us to the confrontation and uh, and you know got everybody kind of back in the fold in little ways. Especially the uh, the old lamp trick. Is that what he says? That was like one of my favorite moments of the episode and uh, a pl- positive moment of the brain for me. Moving on from that, um, I mean, Blaine kind of has some standout moments in the episode as well. Um, just given how how entangled this case is with the bar slash brothel. Um, but I kind of want to change it real quick over to what we talked about last week with um, Peyton and Ravi discovering that Beanpole Bob was indeed uh, Liv's dad. And just how quickly that turned around with how the reveal to Liv was. Because uh, I know we all were like, it better happen re- relatively quickly or it's going to cause a lot more conflict or this, that, and the other. 
and just watching the episode i was like whoa that was way quicker than i was expecting i was thinking like end of next episode reveal or something like that not right at the beginning you know so yeah yeah go ahead chris you you take it away (laughs) you take it away um i i i found that very uh refreshing and encouraging that the show was just like all right here we go we're doing it um like no no we're in the last few episodes here like no time for bs and and um and i did like how you know that kind of led to this new development which was you know martin then working with ravi finding out about the max rager and how that seems to be further, com- uh, you know, complicating uh, things for our, our heroes as well. I, I and I did love too that by the end of the episode, Ravi and Liv, like, not only do it does it look like they've potentially found the uh, recipe, for lack of a better word, for uh, the tainted utopium they need, but that they um they also come face to face with those romero zombies um i was just really happy that this episode like didn't um didn't really like try to come up with any filler to get us in the way of those discoveries i'm just really curious about what direction uh, like things with martin go in now because i mean he's literally like yep world domination you guys you guys ready like they're under our control now like any hint of that moral compass like any hint of that um second guessing that we saw in earlier episodes seems to be totally gone so i'm curious if if he's going to discover living ravi in the house and somehow that's going to come back into play i i don't really know um but but yeah i, I like the pace of, of, of how things moved yeah i definitely agree um i think that it was nice just that there was no like kind of like you said Chris we have three episodes left and everything and so like there's no room for unnecessary drama or unnecessary BS like I liked that it was too like we didn't need more than Ravi just being like straight up with Liv and her being like that's enough for me like there's no doubt like this is our family this is our group basically so we know you know that she lives a smart enough character to not um to know Ravi's not gonna like lie to her or mess with her or anything and um so i i agree i like the pacing of it and i think we you know there's no reason to dance around this uh this connection the minute they showed peyton and robbie discovering everything about Liv's dad um and his identity at least but uh yeah it's going to be super interesting to see where this all goes because um yeah i mean like you were saying chris we're sort of we're getting into the end game finally. Like, that's essentially where we're we're at, and uh, I thought it was, I thought it was like a unique twist to see that he can just sort of control the zombies. Um, I guess I didn't really think about that. We sort of talked about seeing a larger scale breakout and everything, but um, that'll be pretty interesting to see them kind of under control. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I like that. Uh, that they're just gonna, they're. I like how they're they're tying everything together. I mean, like everybody has kind of certain, I guess, little snippets of information that they can hold above one another, and um, I mean, even with uh, the the military general guy, you know, connecting with Dolly, like we're seeing all these little things come together, and it's like I know a little bit more than you do about this certain thing, and. You know, eventually it's all going to come out in the open, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'm kind of freaked out by the fact that Max Rager has that sort of effect on the zombies, (laughs) on the Romeros. I'm like, oh, Ravi, what have you done? You spilled all the trade secrets. Yeah, alright, so I agree. I think that that was the only thing that maybe, like, I don't want to say it felt wrong, but, like, maybe, like, a slight stretch was just how kind of easily trusting Robbie was, knowing that Liv's dad, that Martin is, you know, being pole Bob and everything, and, like, 
I don't know. I feel like for how smart and investigative he's become and like the fact that they've been tracking him, it was a little like out of character feeling for in to me that he would just Mm -hmm. like spill that, like you said. And it's like, again, it's, I'll chalk it up to the fact that there's only a couple episodes left. So, you know, we, it can be literally just viewed as a, a catalyst, you know, like a plot movement device, but I don't know. I, I wish there was like another way they could have had him kind of sneaking to find out or something. I was, I was okay with it only because I feel like Ravi's so desperate to like cook up that cure again, like a a proper one, you know, that especially with the knowledge now that Freilich brains can, uh, can cure zombieism that he would kind of be willing to just like divulge, whatever he could in in kind of an act of desperation in a way um so so i was okay with it um because to me too it's like they still like he could never have thought like all he does is he looks at martin as like you know as a recovering addict who you know who's lied but he, he has no reason to think of anything like that sinister yet you know like again to him he's he's a washed up he's he's essentially like a washed up walter white in a lot of ways sure so so i don't think he can predict him obviously using using that information for anything this sinister but i did love that as soon as like he heard about the max rager being taken uh from major like like very late on in the episode near the end that he was like quick and able to make that connection you mm-hmm. know like th- that's why i was okay with it if sure. ravi had just if ravi had kind of just like been like ah you know like oh that's 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 curious the max rage yeah gone. like and we had wasted another episode or two piecing this together i would have been frustrated but but to me it, it didn't feel like he had to have his guard that much up with martin earlier in the episode so that's why i i just didn't think there was any any need for him to be cagey about something like that, especially because like, you know, he wouldn't have, how could he have predicted that it would have had this effect, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Oh, that's the wrong tab. All right. Uh, where am I getting at? Uh, let's see. We want to talk about drunk Peyton. Yeah, absolutely. Because drunk Peyton trying to sing is absolutely hysterical. <laughs> and the fact that she's singing badly is even more hysterical given the actress. <laughs> <laughs> and the song she chooses. Perfect. Yeah, I I thought it was Perfect. fun. I mean, I... I was definitely predicting that... I mean, I didn't think she was going to have this, like... I didn't think she was going to sing as poorly as she did. (laughs) But uh, I wasn't expecting it to be a a rock star Allie and AJ moment either, you know? not I wasn't expecting it to be, like, suddenly, like, yeah, Peyton's got a a good enough voice that she should be going on tour. That's what her new career is. Um, But, but yeah, I I did like... I felt like this was a really kind of good, genuine... Um, reaction to paint for Peyton to have after having lost everything. I'm glad the show didn't just gloss over that. Um, selfishly, I would have liked it if Liv wasn't as preoccupied because I think it would have been fun to watch the two of them kind of go out like that. Like even when Peyton says, "Like, you know, you can't break break the friend rule of having me drink alone back to back nights," and um, uh, so I, I would have liked to have seen a zombie indulge in that. F- those kind of friendship moments a little bit more um but still i thought on its own it was um it was really fun and and definitely uh again felt true with the character and what what they're going through right now yeah i'm enjoying it like i think that it's pretty fun to um it's a it's a again just like last week it's a nice change for peyton's character it's fun to just get to see her like do things in these last couple of remaining episodes um so I'll take it. I thought it was funny, and it was like a, it was like a fun little side addition to the episode to like squeeze in if they're going to the bar. Like 
of course have her tag along and you know pull some crap like that um but even like getting to stand up to the um you know the heckler basically calling her out and like i i liked seeing her punch him just because it's like she's like f this i'm not the acting mayor anymore like i'll do what i want so she took him down like i also i also love donnie's reaction like god damn it another bar fight like another week another yeah wasn't he like why wasn't he like uh he's like not karaoke night night, yeah not karaoke night oh and speaking of donnie he gets a little bit of a happier ending even if this isn't like the ending of his character arc with proposing to Darcy and that whole thing. I'm just happy that he's found happiness because he's deserved so much better over the course of the series with how much crap he's had to deal with with Blaine and just in general. And so I'm happy, even if it's not necessarily deserved given some of his actions he's taken, it's kind of nice in a sense I don't know I I don't know what I'm getting at but I just liked it you know it's like yeah it's like super bizarre but I yeah I agree like I don't hate it by any means I mean um I think we've established kind of it's yeah it's nice to see Donnie have a, a tiny win before he will presumably um, as, you know, we're speculating go out in, you know, by the end of the show. And um, I like it because it's nice to see him have a genuine connection with somebody um, and just get to see him interact with good characters because I believe, you know, like, you all, you know people can hang with the wrong crowd but, uh, but be good people. And, like, while from a show standpoint, I agree with what Chris was saying last week of, like, I don't think he... You know, he's done too much bad to deserve to get out alive. But if he's going to go down, I'd rather be trying to make a a redeemable thing. And I think that we're seeing the start of that and just kind of that all play out. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it. It also is like he's such a ridiculous character and he always has been. This feels charmingly, perfectly ridiculous, like for who he is at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that, like, the fact that he's already proposing. I mean, we know that Darcy doesn't have much time, obviously, but... And I like, too, if, like, again, we've talked about... Sorry, really quick quick, quick to jump in. I like that it's, like, I feel like I do believe the romance from his perspective, just knowing how much he wanted to find love. So, again, if it's, like, however this plays out, you know, um, assuming it's going to be between, like, him and Blaine and get very personal, like... I would buy, even if she dies at some point, like, I buy his commitment and actual, you know, love for her, however much or whatever that it might truly be. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's the thing, too, is, like, she's so different than so many other people he's experienced and encountered throughout the show's run. Like, she... Yeah, it's you know I think obviously it's her youth, but I also think it's just the fact that she she is this um, she's one of the few people outside of this drug, you know, <laughs> murder brothel what have you world that Donnie's been stuck in for years, um, and, and I think it's more than just what the you know what the matchmaker told him you know I think that she really I think she lets him kind of get to be the the goofball he's always been Mm -hmm. but like he can kind of be that way and enjoy it and doesn't have to worry about someone like blaine like saying something to him or or you know potentially life or death circumstances like he's she allows him to kind of just be his truest self as cheesy as that sounds um yeah yeah, i just i just find it funny though that i if you if you had told me a couple seasons ago that donnie would be engaged before ravi and peyton uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just just very true. So very works. true. And I'm just kind of going through my notes because um, we had the whole thing with there being a cure, 
that is why uh, Liv and Blaine got into that fight. Uh, well, it wasn't the, the full reason, but partially. And now Candy's in the wind. Uh, so Which... there goes yet another one of Ravi's cures. And I, I, that was a I, nice I, thing, though. That was like I. Oh yeah, it was nice. It was. I Happy. really enjoyed that. Yep. Same. I was it, gonna say. I thought that was really, a really good ending for her character, and I, I love that she still like, took the time to give Donnie that like little piece of advice and wish him luck, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It that really... kind of is what like made me I think really like the noir brain and the episode was because of like that perfect noir-esque send-off and like it felt like such a good payoff for that character yeah oh yeah definitely candy's the true the true femme fatale even though even even though uh it was like what was it jane or janie who who blaine kills um yeah i I, that was a thing well, I, I still, I did love their, because you want to talk about noir, like, that felt very noir, their, their kind of uh, standoff there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, she definitely. Had, she, got, she had the gun on them, and, um, and, and it led to one of the funniest Blaine lines we've had in a while, too, I think, where he's talking to, uh, I don't know if it's, I don't think he's talking to her, obviously, she's that, but he's talking, or maybe it might be right after where he's talking to like the kidnapper guys, like the the guy that Candy ends up running away with, and he just says, "Get more guns, more guys." One of the one of those net traps the Ewoks used. Um, I just, Blaine was on fire in this episode, so I think any, just anything with him was 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 really entertaining. Um, but yeah, but again, just speaking about Candy, like again, one of those small recurring characters that's been around. And who we've really seen kind of like, uh, frankly, I would go as far as to say abused, really, throughout the show's run. With, yeah. like, how Blaine's treated her. Um, so I think if anyone deserved the cure the, the cure, and, like, deserved an opportunity to get out, um, she's definitely she's definitely up there. And she, I think, definitely earned, has earned it, you know, for everything she's been put through. So I'm glad to see that uh, she's one of the few characters, I think, that will be getting a truly happy ending. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I mean, there's not much else that I have in my notes. I mean, I was kind of half note-taking, half mostly just really, really watching. I mean, we already talked about the... We didn't really talk about the whole um, U.S. government scenes that happened a few times, especially with... uh, I can't remember her name off the top of her head and her son watching an episode of High Zombie together. Yeah, the 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 chairwoman or chairperson for the the council. I don't know if we ever got a last name for her. Um, I did want to ask you guys this. Sorry to jump in, Sean. Like, I was fine with hot the idea of High Zombie. Like, I liked it as a thing, but I almost feel like with her, like. Like, are we led to believe that, like, her watching that with her son, like, helped convince her? Like, I almost feel like, I almost feel like too much weight's being given to this, like, goofy show. hmm. Like, I'm glad it was. Should I bomb a country, or should I not? Yeah, right? Hey, what are you watching? Just like my husband. Like, like, yeah. I just. I mean, I love what she had to say there, and I do like that it's forcing General Mills to go rogue and work with Dolly Durkins, because I think that's a really smart way to marry those two storylines. But I don't know. Just for me personally, like, it's it's getting it's getting a little ridiculous that this, like, like internet-funded sitcom is, is having this much of an effect, but I don't know. Yeah. She's just credited as chairwoman on IMDb on IMDb, so there goes that. But yeah, it is kind of weird that the show kind of convinces her to advocate for the zombies. Um, was she one of the ones that was turned into a zombie? I don't 
believe so. But I could be wrong. I don't think I mean we didn't see we didn't see her get turned. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like something I feel like if she had been, we would have been they would have reminded the audience a little bit more. They would have clued us in a little bit more in this episode. Yeah. Okay. Um Let's see. What else do my notes have? Well, you know, crybaby, but you know. Poor crybaby, always being thrown under the bus. I mean, he did technically kill her, but Blaine, come on. You know he's going to be crying the whole time, right? Through the whole trial. <laughs> well, I think it just goes to show, too, it's an interesting, again, an interesting contrast between someone like Crybaby and someone like Donnie, where, again, like, you know, Donnie's kind of been able to separate himself from Blaine, and but then you have these other people who are still blindly loyal to, to yeah. him, and <laughs> that loyalty is never going to be repaid ever no. and, I, and that that just was another moment that you know that that really emphasized that um i do i know we briefly touched on it i do want to keep i, I do want to talk about like with, with now with like with that fight do we think that's like the last blame live like head-to-head conflict or do we think we're going to get something more between them or I don't know. I was curious about that because that felt that felt almost like finale like, you know. Um, I, I wanted to hear what you guys thought about that too. That was just something I was thinking of now that you brought up Crybaby. I want like an actual final showdown in the finale between the two of them, and I know it might be asking a lot, but it would be a perfect way to bookend their entire conflict. Because it started with them and it ends with them. Like, in this weird twist of events, they're the last two zombies, but they're at each other's throats. You know? I, I don't know. No, I got you. I got you there. I. Wishful thinking. Hmm. I. I don't. I think, like, between one on one, between. Um live in Blaine, like, maybe, but, um, I definitely hope for something a little more, um, like, if it really comes down to kind of more of a, I want Blaine to have, like, a bigger role in the ending of the show, if that makes sense, and, like, if they get to a point where it's, like, they, again, say that it's, like, you know, they're about to fix everything, or maybe they have a cure, like, you know, the new mass cure or, or like the key to make you know that a, a reality or whatever it may be um i want him to kind of like slide in somehow not maybe not knowing the full situation and still holding um you know just being his selfish self but i wanted to um you know i want them to to show him that it's like at some point it's just like it's not a game anymore and uh whether it's donnie or somebody else i also thought that they i also want to see robbie like get a final punch in on him because of like how he made the comment about live uh like you know that must feeling good and everything and like i don't know i feel like they're for maybe live and blaine straight up one-on-one it wouldn't shock me if that was sort of their final thing, but I feel like as a group, um, there, that he, you know, he'll cross their paths again. You guys there? Yeah. Yeah, we're here. I'm just, I don't okay. have anything else in my notes. Like, okay. no, sir. I, just, just, really I was waiting for you to say something there. I honestly don't have much else to say. Um, like, I enjoyed the episode. Not necessarily the favorite of the season, but I had fun watching it. It was a damn good time watching, and we got a lot of good moments out of it. 
but I I don't know, man. I'm not ready for the show to be over. <laughs> I really am not. But at the same time, I'm excited to see what's ahead and how they kind of tie up all these loose ends that we still have. But... Yeah, well, at least we can see how it's starting to come together with, again, with you know, with General Mills and, and Dolly Durkins teaming up with Liv and Ravi literally coming face to face with the evils that her dad has kind of created. Um, you know, finding the the ingredients for the tainted utopium. I mean, I definitely can see how it's uh, how those storylines at least are going to be wrapping up. There are some other loose ends, like I think, like the Freilich Brain Kids and. Um, although I don't know if, I think Darcy might be the only one who's actually been brought to Seattle, given what they say to Blaine in this episode. Um, but yeah, you know, there's stuff like that. And then just relationships as well. Like things like, you know, live in major Ravi and Peyton, um, that I'm going to be really curious to see how the show wraps up. But at least I, I feel like we're getting the, the kind of, uh, major plot conflicts we can kind of see how those are now starting to be um how those are starting to to kind of coalesce um and and starting to really uh kind of hit their end game with that but um yeah and i'm I'm glad it was i'm glad it was ravi and Liv too that went and like found uh found the tainted utopium formula and then like came face to face with them because like I, I again going back to the the show going full circle it it's kind of it was kind of them in the beginning, and no offense to Major and Peyton, but I feel like it should be more Ravi and uh, Liv, no matter like that they should be kind of getting the focus here in these last couple um, episodes when it comes to this like side investigation. Agreed. Yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat. I mean, I feel like they're doing everything pretty well. I really enjoy um, what this season has given us so far. So. It's, uh, I'm hoping that it'll be a very satisfying ending. Um, let's see. Any final thoughts? Do you think, my thing, do you think that there would be any chance that Ravi could just come up with a, um, a... Not like a full cure, but like a basically a cure that makes zombies and humans like it that I guess that zombies can't infect humans anymore. I mean, in theory, that could work. I'm just trying to think like what would be an alternative. I feel like creating a mass cure is like too easy almost. And I feel like it would send like a pretty good message if... If it's, they're saying kind of like, no, the answer isn't just like revert back to, oh, we can change you back from this being this thing, you know, and and it'd be like, it'd be like a really, I feel, embracing kind of, uh, I don't know, just like better message to send ending the series on like, we can cohabitate. Yeah, especially with some of the willing zombies the second they get quote-unquote cured, their illness comes back, and they have, you know, who knows how much time left on their clock. Mm-hmm. So finding kind of like a, a half-cure, in a sense, to, in theory, create an alternate version of Ravi's sort of monthlies sort of thing, mm-hmm. but kind of on a more permanent ask basis it like maybe they wouldn't need to eat brains as often in turn they wouldn't be able to infect like i honestly could spend all day talking about it and thinking up of ways it could work Mm -hmm. but we don't got that kind of time (laughs) um but I'm actually kind of hoping it's something more along the lines of that rather than the straight-up cure we've had for 
how many seasons now? Because well, it had the the one that kind of worked but didn't. Um, and then season two's cure. The uh, how many freaking cures have we had? Way too many to keep track of. At least there's there's also a really good. I think a really good possibility that because he looks at Martin's formulas, he's going to, like, now that he has them in front of him, like, he's going to be able to, he's going to, like, see maybe something new that he didn't, like, realize before. Mm -hmm. And that that might, that, to Blaze's point, might click into him doing something different, you know? Um, That that might create this new type of cure that... Yeah, that that maybe doesn't totally revert you to uh, being human, or I, I don't know, or like uh, maybe there's some way that some loophole that makes them not have to eat brains, you know? Because I think that's the main threat. Obviously, is if you starve a zombie and then they go full Romero and they're just like like that, their food source is literally human beings' brains. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking back to something like on. Uh, like on the Vampire Diaries, certain vampires would drink like animal blood, or same thing in like Supernatural. There'd be like if you were like if you, there were like a good there was like a good vampire pack, they would they would drink like cow's blood, and I'm curious if like I don't know there's some way where zombies could live off of like non-human type brains or I, I know we have the brain tubes already, but um, I don't know it's uh. I kind of like that I don't know exactly what he's what Robbie's going to be able to really kind of cook up in the lab. Um, I could also just see him actually creating a, a real cure, but that Liv dies in the process, so she's not she doesn't get to enjoy it. You know, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think there's a lot of possibilities now, though, that he has Martin's formulas in front of him. So I guess that that'll do it for this week. Unless you guys have anything else to talk about. No. Chris. All right. Well. Silence means. Uh, silence means he doesn't have anything else to say. <laughs> Sorry, I was I. I can, can, couldn't unmute myself there. Um, yeah, no, I uh, no, I, I think we kind of touched on all the main things I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, I think just that uh, I'm personally just happy to see the storyline starting to um, kind of collide. It's starting to feel a little less, uh, you know, a little less uh, like disparate. Um, when it when it comes to the plots for this season, so yeah, and uh, and I like that our I main characters have so many threats that they're facing going into these final three episodes. But uh, yeah, they're gonna be it's gonna be crazy, that's for sure. And I just can't believe, like you were saying, Sean, it's only three left. It, I'm still racking my brain about it. Come the first week of August, the show's gonna be done. Like, I I don't want it to be over. But at the same time, every great story kind of needs to come to an end. Or just every story in general. I mean, look at what other final seasons we're going into this upcoming TV season. Arrow and Supernatural kind of come to mind. And Yeah, and I just... I don't know. I personally, I was kind of saying t- this to you guys before we jumped on. It's not that I, I haven't enjoyed this season, but I can kind of feel that, like, I, I feel like the the show is is kind of losing a bit of steam. So I'd rather yeah. it, I'd rather it end now on somewhat of a high note rather than, you know, kind of kind of push itself past its expiration date. Like, we've seen so many shows in the past do, especially series on on the CW. I feel like. And the fact that yeah. it got the fact that it got five seasons, even when we thought like I remember still like thinking after the season two finale, then after the season three finale, that it was going to be done. Um, especially after that season three finale, where Ravi kind of like uh, 
uh, takes the risk of becoming a zombie. Um, and it's like him and Liv in that last scene, uh, you know, that that could have been like an, a perfect ending in some ways for the show. And the fact that we've gotten two more seasons since then, um, it's been it's been really awesome to see. But I'm I'm excited to see how it concludes and what the rest of the cast will be up to uh, following it. But uh, yeah, still have three more episodes, though. So and still a lot more to talk about. Yeah, it's not that I don't want the show to end. It's just I love these characters and I wish like in a weird way that it got the love that it sort of deserved because i feel like iZombie is one of the more underrated cw shows which is why we've always had those nail-biting season finales like oh is this show gonna come back and like finish the story um and in a perfect world i'd love it to continue on potentially as a, a comic like not necessarily post end of the series but sort of little snippets into the universe like kind of a prelude to it like what we've got with some of the scenes with beanpole bob and the beginning of the zombies and sort of how it all sort of got so crazy and maybe even stories from in between seasons because some seasons have time gaps in between where one ends and the next starts um but wishful thinking obviously because these characters are some of my like faves from the last couple of years granted it's really been the only tv i've been watching over the couple past couple of years as well so that says Nothing. <laughs> well, I think it's definitely something like post finale too. We can kind of get into a, a bigger discussion about it, you know, yeah. about about maybe stories that could could continue in a different medium. But yeah, but for right now, still got we got still got three more hours with them, and be curious to see uh, how their stories wrap up. And uh, yeah. if, like you said, if the last few seasons are any are uh, any indication, it's going to be exciting. For sure. <laughs> it's going to be wild, it's going to be messy, and there's going to be emotions. And lots of them. And maybe the death of a celebrity. We're not sure. <laughs> but with that, it is time to go into the plugs. As usual. Uh, where can we find you on the internet, Mr. Chris King? Uh, yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, at CKinger13. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I haven't really been doing a lot this summer, but I tweet stuff, and I write stuff sometimes, and you can find it there. And thanks, as always, guys, for supporting us. I appreciate it. And, Blaze, where can we find you on ye old internet? <laughs> You can find me at Blaze Hopkins. Um, check me out on there, and then we will. Uh, you can also find me talking all things Watchmen at Locked In Pod on Instagram and Twitter. So check that. And you guys can always find me on Twitter at Snarky Sean. I tweet a lot of things about a lot of things. Right now, it's mostly what little Power Rangers news we're getting out of Comic-Con and what other little things that I love coming out of Comic-Con since, as you could probably tell, the three of us aren't there. We decided to take the year off and kind of just get ready for what's to come in the future, possibly with next year, because uh, the three of us need to get together at some point in time because last time was wild and I loved it. Um, but on my Twitter you can find my other podcasts there may be more coming soon there might not be who knows I, I might actually want some free time for myself <laughs> for once um, but yeah and with the show you can find it on Twitter at iZombieRadio um, that's pretty much the only platform we're posting on now uh, the website's still there I'm not posting the episodes there. Um, it's not on the mega feed either because I'm not posting it to that site. Um, 
I'm kind of just letting this show stand on its own from the rest of the DC TV podcast stuff because of where we're at with the show. So give us a follow on Twitter. Let us know what you think about the show. Heck, if you want to write in an email, it's izombieradio at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes, Google Pod, well, Apple Podcasts. Sorry. Uh, it's no longer iTunes. Google Podcasts, I guess. I think those reviews. I don't know. Anywhere that you can do reviews in a podcatcher. We'd like to know how we did, especially with the finale of the show coming up. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks again for listening and sticking with us for, what, uh, four-ish years? Three-ish years? I think we started in 2016. Um, yeah, it would have been the beginning of July 2016. Wow. Yeah, dang. My first Comic-Con, too. Gosh, I was such a baby. Such a child. (laughs) (sighs) But with that, thank you again. Have a wonderful whatever time of day you're listening to this at, and we'll see you again with the next episode. Take care.